In this installment of Sparkin's Bookshelf Corner, there will be mature concepts, old world manners, men who exude superficial goodness, gentlemen who show actual goodness, a too involved mother, the best older sister in the world, and the Lithuanian notions. Listener discretion is advised. Sparkin Bookshelf Corner, Episode 001. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Sparkin Bookshelf Corner, Sparkin's podcast, where we talk about different books and we tell you the pros and cons about it. Now, for beforehand, this was originally the Sparkin Book Review. We've decided to rebrand and rename it to the bookshelf. If you prefer we keep it to the original Sparkin Book Review, you can email me personally at zanatsparkin.com, or you can listen to some of our earlier book reviews at www.sparkin.com. That's S-P-I-R-A-K-E-N where you can find our manga review, movie review, game review, convention review, book reports, uh, our superhero comic show, which is the Zan's Extraordinary Superhero Examination, and our various other podcasts. You can also check us out on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and various other social media sites. Just type in S-P-I-R-A-K-N. I guarantee you find us one way or another. And so let's get to it, shall we? Because... Because I have a huge library of books, because I love books. And one of the most important quotes I've ever heard about a book simply states that I declare after there is no enjoyment like reading, how much sooner one tires of anything than of a book. When I have a house of my own, I shall be miserable if I have not an excellent library. And that's a good point that anybody should feel like, because books are amazing. Because with everything going on right now, if your power goes out, guess what? Books are still there for you, especially if you have paperback books. If you have physical copies, you can look at them, open them, read them, write on them, dog ear the pages, even though that drives me up the wall. I prefer you to have an actual bookmark. But books transport us to another world. And we're going to go through various different books that we have over time, different genres, different stories, different concepts. And we're just going to go through them and talk about them. If you have a book you want us to review... Let us know. You can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spirekin.com, and we'll, we'll have a conversation about this, see where it goes. So, for this first episode of the Spirekin Bookshelf Corner, we're going to be talking about a book which is quintessential to life, and also it's the one that that quote I said earlier was from. And it's a book which takes place a long time ago in a place far, far away. In the early 19th century, 1812, that's over 200 years ago. And it was a book that was written January 28th, 1813. And it's the second novel by the author with the working title of First Impressions. And it opens up with a very simple sentence. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a simple man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. And with these words, one of the most well-known stories of all time has been uttered and released. And what is this book that we're talking about? Well, as I said, it was written by a very famous author, Jane Austen. And the title of this is Pride and Prejudice. So, you've never heard of Pride and Prejudice before. It's very simple. You have a family, the Bennets, who are, how do we put this politely? They are 
you know what? I think I need a little bit of assistance with this. So I'm going to bring on someone who could explain this a lot better than I can. So, hello. Hey, it's Greta. Yes. So how would you describe the first part of this story? Because this is your favorite novel of all time. This is my favorite book. Yes. Favorite book, favorite story, all of the above. So how would you explain the, the basic situation? Like, what are the main characters? Who are they? Well, <laughs> what is their deal? So, in this time period, um, women couldn't own property or anything like that. So, the only thing that they could do in life to further themselves was make a good marriage. And the Bennett family has had the fortunate, <laughs> well, or misfortune of having five daughters and no sons so you know once the father passes away they're kind of goners so the whole struggle with this is that the mom is working on getting all her five daughters married off to to benefit them in a in life because it's the job of a parent to want to make their kids do do well so and who, and who are their five children so you have the oldest who's jane who's the most beautiful sweetest most perfect you have the second, who's Elizabeth, who's our heroine, who is beautiful, but she's also smart and witty and loves to read, and she's kind of a daddy's girl. And then the younger siblings, you have Mary, who's definitely the middle child, not necessarily as beautiful, a little bit more um, fuddy-duddy. And then you have Kitty who's and Lydia, and Lydia's the youngest um, she and Kitty are tight as thieves. That they're the mom's kind of like favorite because you learn in the book the mom's a little bit more immature, more like Kitty and Lydia. Um, and Lydia causes problems down the road with her immaturity. Yes. So our family, the Bennetts, have a slight, as we said, have a situation. If Mr. Bennett passes away, they are kicked off of their land, essentially. It'll go to the next male heir. Like right. a lot of these... and then, like, you know, socially, they have to, like, live off of the, the grace of their extended family. Or become, like, governesses, or... Yes. So, our main catalyst is the mother, Mrs. Bennett Nee Gardner, who is, uh... Part of me wants to say she's a hypochondriac, uh, but more likely she is a busybody. She wants her girls to get married and throws them at anybody that she sees. Well, the book opens with a rich bachelor coming into the town and renting one of the big houses. And he is, you know, it's widely spread around that he has 5000 a year, which is a huge deal. It's a, it's a lot of money. He's very, like, he's... The Bachelor. He's wealthy, good-looking, amiable, so, you know, very sweet, very nice. Um, everyone wants their daughter to marry him. So it's quickly circulated that, oh, new guy moved into town, young, good-looking, single, with good money. So what does everybody do? So Mrs. Bennett, like, gets all hot and bothered and wants, you know, socially... The male has to go introduce themselves. Otherwise, they can't really be introduced socially. So 
you know, it starts with... It's a lot of the old Elizabethan yes. this manners. And a lot of people do get kind of bogged down by this because it's something which isn't really the thing today. Because if you're trying to court someone in the modern era, it's not that the man has to come introduce himself to the family or you have to invite him over to the house. It becomes a whole thing. It just goes directly into guy talks to the girl, girl talks to the guy, um... You know, if you're doing Tinder, it's swipe left, swipe right. If you do a different message, dating site, you message each other or you talk in a bar. It was very different back then. Everything is a little antiquated. and There's social um, protocols and rules that you have to adhere to. And a lot of people don't follow through with that or don't understand it. That's not a problem if you don't understand it. There's ways to look it up. However, long story short... We have uh, Charles Bingley, the guy who's worth half a million dollars, very eloquent, and everyone's, as we said, everyone is after him. So Mrs. Bennett is throwing her girls at him and hoping that one of them is going to snag him. And each one are very different. They're all different ages. I think that the old, this is 20 years old, and uh, Bingley is, they never give his age, but... He's older. He's a little older. Not by much, but he's a charming individual who has a big... uh, Netherfield Park is his new home. So he has that going for him. And they end up going to a huge party. And at this party, they meet each other's families. And there's other townspeople. All of them essentially are trying to get catch the eye of, of Mr. Bingley. And then... Elizabeth runs into a guy who is Bingley's best friend and also is a bit of a, with the modern, the modern phrase. He comes off really aloof. He's kind of an asshole. He calls her manly. No, he, he says that she's not interesting enough to tempt him. Yes, and this is the introduction of Mr. Fitzwilliam Darcy, a man who's worth double what Mr. Bingley is worth. He's intelligent, tall, handsome, but he has no social graces whatsoever. He's, you come to find out he's just more of an introvert and not comfortable in big social settings and he's not outgoing like his friend is. It's so he says comments to his friends that were meant to be personal, but it's overheard. Yeah. And the whole thing is, so, you know, Bingley tells Darcy, oh, you know, Jane is so beautiful. I want to keep dancing with her. Don't you see her sister is pretty attractive, too? She seems like a nice catch. And Darcy's like, well, she's, you know, basically he says she's, she's not good enough for him. He doesn't really fancy her all that much. And she overhears that, and her pride is wounded. And this is how it starts off this relationship. He comes off a little prejudice against the different social classes and things like that. He's prejudiced. She's prideful. Pride and prejudice. And what will happen over time, it's a very long and convoluted story. That, isn't that convoluted? It's very intriguing in some elements where you have other people involved, you have a childhood friend of, or stepbrother, you could say, of Mr. Darcy. I'd say it's the Dio of his family. It's someone who is 
adopted by his family, who is kind of malevolent, but not like Dio level, where he's going to kill his his his. Actually, Mr. Wickham is totally Dio. Actually, did he kill it? Did he kill Darcy's father? Is he no. Dio? Okay, if he killed Darcy's father, then he totally be Dio. But he he's Dio, where it's like everyone likes him better than Darcy. But he keeps making trouble for the family. He keeps yes, bringing in some of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure elements, and he's part of it. It even involves the fact of there is maybe a kidnapping. You would say. I, I mean. Of. It's it's well it's running away kidnapping of a fifteen year old and uh We were trying to elope. Wickham was twenty eight. But that's that's uh acceptable in that age. And you know, girls had a coming out party once you were out in society you were eligible enough to get married. So she was out. Already, so she was fifteen um, when it happened. So he's there's an age gap, but she's marryable. She's eligible. That is very true. Now there's other characters that we could go into. Like there's the one suitor who's kind of creepy, who's their second distant cousin, who's kind of a kiss ass, uh, Mister Collins, who is like. Kissing the ass of Mr. Darcy's aunt, who is super wealthy, he, he, like matriarch of the family. Everybody needs her approval for stuff. Super like, overbearing and condescending. And did I mention she was super wealthy? Yes. She was one of the rare people that got to be a woman with money because she. It's a widow, right? Married it enough, right? And now she can she could be what she is. Now there's other characters we like so we, we have involved. Some are very good, some are bad, some are not mentionable. However, this is a very old story and it's a a book that a lot of people would enjoy. There's film versions. It's been adapted several times. My first and favorite adaptation is the Lizzie Bennett Diaries, the YouTube version, which goes over the entire series. In 105 episodes, and you have spinoffs where it goes over the other characters and all that. And all of the characters are very dynamic and intriguing in their own way, in my opinion. Now, something that we're going to be doing with this, the bookshelf corner, is where we bring up our favorite and least favorite characters. And I've got to say, my favorite character had the most heartbreak and issues to worry about while maintaining a very positive demeanor, and that's Jane Bennett, the eldest sister. She is the sister that you want to have, that sees only the good in people and is not judgmental and is, well, surprisingly a good friend to Mr. Darcy, even though he's a prick to her little sister. But she's a good person. When bad stuff happens or you feel for her, it's not a, you deserve it. It's a, this, that's bullshit. You don't deserve that. And you feel for her, especially when she's wronged by certain people. So Jane is your favorite? I put Jane as the, as, as the MVP of the, of, the, of the novel, in my opinion. I think she's the one that, out of all of them, it seems just she sparkles the most. She fits the most. She's the, the nicest, most pretty, sweetest disposition. With everything that happens to her, she stays 
she doesn't lose any sparkle, in my opinion. Gotcha. That's my opinion. I'm assuming yours is... is Elizabeth Bennet. She's my favorite. The main, the heroine, the main character. Yes. Just because she's a she's Lizzie Bennet. Yes, she's the heroine. She's she's beautiful, but not the most beautiful. But she's sharp and witty. She likes to read books. She's not the belle of the ball. She's more relatable to me. I don't think that Jane was the belle of the ball at all. I think she was just down to earth. She was always phrased at being one of the most the, the most beautiful girls in the. Like the village, the town, the she's known for okay that. So, but okay, so we agree to disagree. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> so, we, besides our favorite characters, then we have our least favorite characters, or the LVP of the book. And my LVP is kind of tied because one character is your LVP is tied. No, they're two characters. Who are LVPs? The first one is Mrs. Bennett. Yeah, well, she's annoying. It's because she's annoying and she causes so much problems. And it's not that she's understandably like, oh, we understand she's trying to better her children, which is true, but she's also kind of a social climber because she married a higher status and she kind of pushes herself onto other people and this leads to a major conflict later on because because well, she's like a busybody and she has favorites and she didn't really work at the girls education and yeah i just she i feel that she's a little deep down she's a good mom deep down but it's deep one of the things that i love is every character is flawed and that, you know, like, nobody's perfect. Everybody, what I like is all the characters are really well-developed. They're all real. Like, nobody's perfect. But even the, quote-unquote, you know, perfect people. Like, everybody has their own flaw. Everybody has a strength that you find endearing. You know, even one of the most annoying people in the book, Mr. Collins, later on, you see that he's not that horrible. He's right for... The woman that he does marry, you know, like everybody has a redeeming quality and a pitfall, except for our main villain, who's Wickham, who everybody likes in the beginning. You think he's wonderful, but he's got a massive flaw. And he still kind of gets away with it a little bit, but overall, and to quote the book's ending, everyone has happy, mat fine, happy matches made. And with that in mind, so it's a, a book which is transcendent time. It's got a great setting. I will say the first time I ever read Pride and Prejudice, I absolutely hated it. Now, it was assigned reading for school, um, and it was really confusing to me because everybody is named Miss Bennett. There's five Miss Bennets, and you're trying to keep them all in, in straight in your head, and I needed some kind of like diagram. But once I saw the movie and I had a face, for each person, I reread the book and loved it more and more and more and more because I just had to get the characters set in my mind. There's a lot of characters in this book. So this book is going to be one which you're either going to love or hate. But that is kind of a big issue because 
some people, there's not a lot of action in it. It's a lot of dialogue and it's a lot of, uh, as I said, it's a lot of manners and it's and political movements for relationships. And for someone who did not like Frank Herbert's Dune because it's all about politic, political movements and things like 60 pages about how to assassinate someone, it can be a little dry at times. However, the story is well-written for its time, and it is a story which it is one that has a lot of rereadability, where you can go back and you see new things each time, right? Yes. And there are elements that you don't understand at first that you go over and you think about. Like I said early on, like a lot of the back and forth and all the politics behind it, it seems insane and absurd why they're upset or why. And the more you learn about the etiquette of the time period, like the, the more the other things make sense and you see different nuances. Like I'm somebody who gets all of the details in the first go around. I get, I catch things that, that I, you know, I read a little bit slower, but I get all of the details, all the nuances, all of the foreshadowing but this book I've, I've reread many times and still find different things or nuances just because I've grown in my understanding. And these nuances are a little understated. And as I was saying, some of it, it is seem perplexing. For example, after treating her like garbage for two-thirds of the book and also sabotaging her sister's relationship mr darcy just straight up says i cannot hold it anymore i have to tell you that i love you marry me and it's like that's kind of out of left field but it's also i mean you could say it's nagging but it's it's like he was trying to be he was trying to be he wanted to enter marriage and a formal relationship with being 100% open and honest and he thought that she would appreciate that and he had no idea he came off like such a ginormous asshole. Yeah, because he's like saying, I know you you make less money than me and your sister is a trollop no, but and your he mother like, he like a learned, braggart. But, but it's like, he learns that later and he grows as a person because you have to realize like dating isn't like what it is now. You kind of got to know somebody and then you basically like in a social setting, never alone, and then all of a sudden you like propose, it's a huge contract and you get married and you're with that person for the rest of your life. What happens with um, girls is that a lot of times they were educated from home with governesses or their parents or whatnot, but they are raised to become house, like the runners of the household and be wives. And they talk about making a good match and getting married and, but like finding the right guy and doing all that, but they're never really, you know, in this Elizabeth Bennett is overwhelmed with the emotion. It's something that was always talked about and was completely normal. And she knew that she had to go marry somebody, but then when it comes down to it, she's actually in love. She's overwhelmed with the emotions and she's not really, really ready for it. So long story short, it's language is a little overwhelming in, that nature it really does go into the emotions much more and if you're someone who wants to read a story about action and killing this isn't the book for you if you look for someone which is emotional catharsis this might be a very well choice for you and 
Because every single version of our podcast at www.sparkin.com, all the Sparkin Review podcasts, we have different rating systems. There's a new rating system for the Sparkin Bookshelf. So our lowest rating is going to be throw it into the recycle bin and don't look back. It's a book which is terrible and you don't even want to read again. You'd rather the paper pulp be used to be used for something else. Or if you're using it on the computer, you're just putting it in the recycle bin to be deleted later. The next lowest is going to be donated to your local library. It was an okay first read. You could peruse it for a minute, but then just donate it, get rid of it. But you're doing it for a good cause. You're not destroying it. You're just... You're passing it along. It's not Someone for you. else may like it. Yeah. Next is, right now, just read it. It's okay to be read once. You look at it. You can check it out. It's enjoyable. You don't have to think about much more than that. Our next one, borrow from a friend and don't return unless offered. Well, we're going to say a nice cup of tea because it's worth checking out and potentially stealing from a friend because it's that good. And then finally, our highest rating, really, really marvelous. And if you don't read this now, your brain will freeze and your soul will curl up. It's amazing, the greatest thing ever. It's like everyone should read. You should tell everybody about it. And for me, I have to give this a... Borrow from a friend. And don't return unless offered a good type of tea. Because it is a good book. It's one that you do go kicking and screaming in. And at first, I would have given this a donate to your local library. However, the nuances do, as you think about it more, it becomes much, a much better story. And it's one, one that which, creeps up on you. Yes. And now, where would you put this? Really, really... Marvelous. Marvelous. I say... Seek out your favorite copy of it. Purchase it. Don't be ashamed of having multiple on your shelf. That's a good, that is a very good way to put it. I think it, it plus too, just in case you lend it to a friend and they love it and don't give it back. That is true. Because you may have someone you want to lower it to and then that would not end well, I think. However, uh, if you let us know what you think. Email us. Sparkin at gmail.com or zansparkin.com. Let me know what you feel about Pride and Prejudice. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Do you think it's too girly to read? Do you think it's too manly to read? Do you think it's just too weird? Or do you think that that notion is antiquated and the whole concept is just blasé? You know, is it just that a, a woman is only worth this is terrible? You know, let us know what you think. Email us. Let's start a conversation. And so... Because we don't have a wheel or a dodecahedron or a dart gun or however we're going to determine, we're just going to go through various books on our bookshelf and or have you guys choose. So right now there are two books that I'm intrigued in reading. One of them is one that we have in our bookshelf. It is an oldie but a goodie, Good Omens. Go over Good Omens. Or we can go over Infinite Jest, a book which I've heard much about but haven't read yet. Let me know. Sparkin at gmail.com or zansparkin.com. So with that in mind, thumbs in. I'm Greta. We're gone, so we'll catch you guys next time. Happy reading. And stay safe. <laughs> <laughs>